speeds up Driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's the lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Hey friends, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministry. Our website is lonesomeroad.org or you can call us at 618-383-2107. That's my partner Fred Mooney. And I am so excited about being here with you. Yeah, we're going to enjoy this ride today with our friends and family out there on that old Lonesome Road. We got some great music on our program today. And we have personal testimonies. And maybe just a little bit of preaching. All right. And thy words shall be a witness unto you today. So buckle up. Relax. And hold on tight because here we go. Church on the Road. Right here on your favorite radio station. Yes, friends, the road is our life, and hey, I've got my partner with me, Fred Mooney, and we've got a couple of guests today that you're going to enjoy. They are from our home church, Orchardville Church, Kyle and Beth Sessions, and Beth is on the praise team, and we're going to open up with a praise song from Orchardville Church. Here's uh, our Orchardville Church praise team with Beth Sessions leading the team today. I will sing of your love Though the seasons come quickly You have always been enough And though the night may get darker And though the waiting seems long You have always been faithful To remind me of your love Sing it out, come on You are good And in the morning I sing In the evening I sing, you are 
The Orchardville Church Praise and Worship Team, they're awesome, ain't they, Fred? And go ahead and welcome our listeners to the program, Fred. And we're going to hear from Kyle and Beth Sessions. Yes, I want to make you welcome. Sit back, relax, and listen. This is uh, Kyle and Beth Sessions. And I'd like to start off with a simple question to uh, Kyle. Kyle, how old were you when you received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Well, that story there, I uh, my initial um, response to Jesus, I always had a, a, I guess, pretty tender heart towards God. Grew up in church and everything, but I was at a church camp. You know, I, I was out at the Union Grove Church Camp out here, out by not too far from Wayne City, and they had the um, the altar call, and so I wanted to go up there. The person I wanted to pray with was already with somebody. There was another minister, he'd already with somebody, so I ended up up there praying by myself. Didn't know what to do, really. I knew what I was up there for. That bothered me for a lot of years, and eventually when I was in, in high school, I'd gone to a, a deacon's house at our from our uh, church. His name was William Golf, a guy that I really appreciated. I went, and I was probably him hawing around just about my concern about about that. And we looked at his antique shop out there, and eventually he and his wife, we ended up inside his house, and we, I was talking to him about some concern, and we knelt down at his, at his couch, and, and we prayed, and I wanted to, to get some things straightened out. And so my point to that is the time that helped me a lot with the security in Jesus, and then I've grown that's a whole a, bunch since then. And so That's very important to know yeah. and to be assured of your salvation. I can think of nothing more important. Yeah. And so uh, it's been a definite growing time in the Lord. I'm thankful for people like, you know, uh, William that was able to talk to me and uh, help me out. And he had a ministry to youth and stuff back when he, when he was younger anyway. And so, um, but, but I'm thankful, thankful for him. So, and thankful for Jesus, thankful for Jesus saving me and, and uh, what he's done in my life. So, yep. So how old was you then? Uh, well, when I was at camp, I was, I was, I was a great school in camp, but probably fifth grade but when i went to at, at high school um yeah i was probably i got I had my driver's license i was probably a sophomore yeah. sophomore or junior somewhere in there. sophomore i think that's a very common thing especially when you grow up in a in a church home to have a childhood experience and later have a more of an adult experience uh i would like to pose you the same question beth i know you've been sitting there thinking about tell us about your salvation experience I was probably around 13 because I was new to youth group, and my my uh, cousin was the youth pastor at that time, and then Jim Kouser was my pastor at the time. So I accepted Jesus in my heart that evening. Um, he, My cousin was just talking about, you know, is there anybody that would like to do that? And so I just made that decision. But I was kind of like Kyle. I kind of always had a tendency toward you know just a heart for God anyway and I will never forget my pastor then when he came in after church you know and my cousin had said yeah Beth she wants to get baptized he's like all right so here's what we're gonna do he's like you know I'll we'll sit in the baptistry and you know I'm gonna dunk you under now 
I'm going to hold you down for three seconds and bring you back up. <laughs> he said, and if that don't work, I, or I'll ask you, do you repent of your sins to be baptized? He said, and you better say yes, because if you say no, I'm going to put you back under. And he said, we'll keep doing that until <laughs> till you think you're ready. So <laughs> it was a good experience. And then I just always, I mean, I backslid in high school. I made decisions I shouldn't make. and But it wasn't a... Like, I'm just going to quit serving God. I'm going to go do these things. It was like, no, I still want to serve God, but I also still want to do these things. So it's very sneaky. You know, it was like, oh, if I can just do it, my parents don't know, then it's okay. And uh, I'll never forget, I had um, a little trucker story. Mm-hmm. So I was a senior in high school, and I wanted to go out with my friends and celebrate. Well, my friends went to a different high school. So I asked my mom if I could go and... She's like, yeah, but they were pretty strict, so I had to be home at a certain time. Anyway, I called them. I was drunk as a skunk, so I'm thinking that, you know, I'm going to pull one over. I'm like, hey, we're not back yet. Can I just stay over at so-and-so's house? She's like, get home. (laughs) So anyway, I did go home. Uh, My friends drove me to the end of the road, and then I drove myself from the end of the road to my house and they followed me to make sure it was okay anyway I go in and I sit down in the living room I'm like I'll just talk to my parents you know like nothing's happened (laughs) Um, and then I'm like oh no I I feel like I'm gonna throw up so silly me goes to my parents bathroom instead of my bathroom and just passed out in their bathroom floor so my mom comes in and she's sees me you know and she's like Sammy, get in here. She's on drugs or something. I don't know. Of course, I'm not on drugs, but I'm very drunk. (laughs) And I'm thinking, just shut up, Mom. Because, you know, like everything's spinning. You feel terrible. Anyway, my dad picks me up, and he walks me back to my room. Then about, I don't know, it seemed very, very early, she comes in, and she says, get your bags ready. Uh, I'm thinking, she's kicking me out of this house. I'm getting kicked out or getting drunk. I wasn't supposed to do that. I wasn't getting kicked out. My dad had a trip to take. So we lived in the Boot Hill of Missouri. Your dad was an over-the-road truck driver. He was, yes. And um, I had to go with him from the Boot Hill of Missouri all the way to Pennsylvania with the hangover. And he said, we ain't stopping. (laughs) So uh, I got to know Jesus again real quick. (laughs) (laughs) it was i'll never forget it (laughs) and he won't either (laughs) now beth the other night at bible study you uh and i've heard you tell this story before but you told us a story about how you got to go to college would you like to share that with us today yeah so not long after this incident (laughs) the previous incident um you know, that just really, the Lord dealt with me on that. And so naturally, of course, I repented and um, just started. I knew I wanted to go to college, and I knew that God had a plan for my life, but there was no direction laid out before me. There was no plan laid out before me. I just had it in my heart. And so um, I was sitting at the end of my bed, And I just prayed, Lord, I know that you have something for me, and I don't know what it is, but I really want to go to college. 
And so if you could just make that happen, I promise, and just, and let me sing. I just want to go to college and I just want to sing. That's all I want to do. So if you could help me with that, then I promise I will always, always sing for you. And, um, and I always have since then. And I never felt right about going in like talent shows or, you know, just different places that you might go when you're young kid. never felt right about that. So, um, fast forward, cause I ended up, um, working for a lady, her name's Janice C. Graves. Um, and she let me work for her and clean houses and I saved up some money. And then a friend of mine was going to Oakland city because I went to a little community college for like a semester. Anyway, he was going to go to Oakland City, and and we sang together, him and I did. And he's like, why don't you just come and and check it out? And I was like, well, I don't know if my dad will let me, you know, we can't really afford it. And anyway, I taught my dad into letting us go check it out. And he said, well, we'll check it out. But I'm just telling you, sis, we ain't going. (laughs) So we drove up there and checked it out. And he kind of liked it, you know, and I did too. I just fell in love with it. So there was a leadership conference. It at that time was called a general Baptist. I think it was just, I think it was a leadership conference. conference. And so he was going to sing at this conference and he goes, Hey, why don't you sing a song? Uh, I don't know about that because one, this is a big conference and they don't just let people get up and do specials, you know? (laughs) So I, uh, he goes, no, it's okay. I've already talked to the vice president of the college and to Dr. Johnson, and he said it was fine. I'm like, all right. So we hustled around. We went to Evansville, got us a soundtrack, and um, then took it up, and and, um, he introduced me on the stage, and I got up, and I sang my song, and after that, after the conference was over, Dr. Murray, the president of the college, came up to me and, and said, hey, we need some more young people like you at our college. Would you be interested to come and sing for us? And uh, I was like, absolutely, I would. And so I just kind of got a scholarship right there on the spot. And uh, he said, now you will have to come and, and try out for the group, but I, I'm sure it'll be all right. So I, you know, there was still some things I had to do. But that's how it happened. The Lord just took care of it and, and took me over there just from being obedient. So so you got you sung one song and, and the Lord provided you a free ride to college. That was just tuition. Okay, so I didn't understand all of that. I didn't know what all of that meant. Yeah. I just thought, I'm going for a break. <laughs> so I get there, and after the first semester, they give you your bill. You know, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm not supposed to have a bill. This is paid for. <laughs> and she said, no, it was three-fourths. A little, little detail, you know, I should have paid attention to. Well, the only person I knew at the college was the president. <laughs> so I go, I'm like, I got to talk to him because I, I can't pay this bill, which means I can't sing an Earthlight because I can't come back, you know, because it's not paid. So I go up and I marched up to the president's office, <laughs> and I'm so nervous. I was, I 
still remember, like I can feel it right now. That's how nervous I was. So I go up there and his assistant, Becky, I said, Becky, I need to see Dr. Murray. She's like, well, honey, he's very busy. I don't know that I can just get you in right now. I'm like, no, it's very urgent. So I go in and I could hardly talk to him at all. And he said, well, honey, just spit it out. What is it that you need? And I said, I'm sorry, but I can't come back because I have a bill and I can't pay it. And then I know that you've given me the scholarship and I'm so sorry. And he's like, It'll be fine. So he gets on the phone, and uh, he called down to the business office, and her name was Beth, and he said, Hi, Beth, do you need uh, some work down there? She said, Yeah, actually, I do. So he hung up the phone. He goes, Go down and talk to Beth. It'll be fine. And then after that, just, you know, people make random donations and scholarships to the college. And so as those would come in, whatever balance I had, they would just supply those. And then I was able to keep a little bit of that money, too, for you know, food. <laughs> so, so one Beth helped another. One Beth helped another. Yep. Wow, that's a powerful testimony. So, Kyle, tell us how you got your scholarship and how you and Beth met there at the college. Uh, your mother shared a shared this testimony in in our Sunday school class the other day, and it's it's just an amazing story how you got your scholarship. So, tell us that story. I didn't know that Mom was going to do that that day. I was. That was a setup. Yeah. And I asked your mom to do it because moms brag a lot better. I knew she would; it would be a lot better coming from her than coming from you. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, yeah, so at my home church that, that I grew up at, it was uh, Powers. It's called Pleasant Mound. They called it Powers General Baptist Church. It's just a little ways south of Xenia. So that was my home church growing up. So Dr. Murray, the same... Uh, man that that Beth was talking about, he was the president slash chancellor of Oakland City. I think it used to be college. It may have been college at the time that it happened. It's a uh, university now, but he did a lot, a lot of revivals and um, he did a lot of fundraising for the school because when he came back, in I guess it in, ended up in the position somehow at the school and was trying to get the school back financially. And so he did all these revivals. Well. He go to these different places. Well, he was supposed to be coming to our church to do a revival, and I think it was the probably the Sunday. He probably started it out on a Sunday. I'm assuming. I don't remember for sure. It's been so long ago, but so I would have been at least fourth grade or younger. So he came up, and we had greeters at the church. The pastor at some point had wanted to start having greeters, and so we had two doors that people would would come in at the church. Well, the younger people would come in the door that was closest to the road. And older people would come in at the door that was uh, to the north. And so it was like the older person door and the younger person door. Well, I, well, I enjoyed when, we, when we'd have turns to um, help out and, and be the greeter, I enjoyed greeting at the old people door, <laughs> the old person's door. And so I was up there, and I don't know if I was by myself or not. Well, that morning when Dr. Murray came in, he came through that door that, that I was at. And uh, when he got to preach later... And again, this is how I remembered it. The details could could be different, but when he got to preach later, he had said that he was, I guess that maybe he had seen something or thought that he would like to have more people at the university, like something he had seen, I guess, and uh, and he would give me a, I think he said a four-year tuition scholarship to Oakland City that would be there if I wanted it when the time came. And so, well, I mean, it was a private school, and 
it was uh, it was worth a lot. Well, my parents and I mean smartly, they like my mom. I think she wanted they wanted to make sure and follow up, and so they'd followed up with the school because I, I think he probably had the revival that next week. But anyway, um, after at some point when he I guess would have been back, she followed up with the school and had a paper sent uh, from the school saying what had happened and that it was there. And I think they put that in the lockbox. And so when I got ready later on that we, we had that there well as time goes on inflation and everything you know at a private school by the time i got where i needed it it was worth you know it was worth quite a bit uh, on the tuition side of things and so even then and it, like what you were asking me about before like the experience at camp you know and I'm, i was even before that and so just to see god's hand working in my life even even prior and in, in, in tr- you know trying to direct me because it was at oakland city when I felt the call to preach and felt the call to, to the ministry. And so, and, and that was interesting. And, the, and that, you know, and Jim Murray, and there's those guys that, that kind of seemed like they live bigger in life, you know, just, I mean, he's just like your normal people. And he was one of those guys, you know, just kind of a special individual. And as the story goes, I think I'd share that with you guys. I mean, he is one of the wars, the Korean war or the um, Vietnam, I don't, was it Korean war that I think he had been stuck with a bayonet and it must have paralyzed him somehow. And they, they had put him on, as I remember the story being told, they put him on the dead pile. And the only reason they pulled him off the dead pile was because somebody had seen his eye twitch. And so, and I think it was after that later on that he came and was working back at the, at the college. So he had a, just a super neat testimony in that and just, just an amazing individual. And a good preacher, too. Uh, but that so Jim Murray, James Murray. Paying that forward. Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, just, because uh, I, I remember I'd see him on campus, like, I, I, I think I'd thank him for what he did, and i asked him if he remembered it, and he'd say, you know, he did. And, but uh, I appreciated that. And He kind of teased later, so after Kyle and I got together, he kind of teased that he was responsible for that, <laughs> you know. So you think he played Cupid with you two? <laughs> <laughs> he must have had some prophecy when Kyle was little. He knew this was going to happen. I don't know. So I, was, I had some a lot of different responsibilities on campus, very busy with doing just different things. And one of the things, um, I don't remember what position it was at the time, What they I can't remember what they called us, but basically when the new students would come into the school, peer mentors, yeah. I think, that we might show them around, that, you know, if they had maybe some – type of event well anyway they had a thing called summer spree and beth came in probably with her dad at at that time summer spree and i think we were bowling i think i somehow we we met when we were bowling and she caught my eye i think then so uh, (laughs) so anyway um and i spent we talked a little bit you told me about the farm a little bit where you're from yeah and she told me she was from southeast missouri and she was like oh it's flat down there and i'm like no, it's not, because I'd been to like the Potosi area, and I thought, and I thought, no, it's very hilly and stuff down there. And she was right. When you go down there, it's flat. <laughs> it's very flat. So, um, it's wide open. So she's from southeast Missouri, and I was from southern Illinois. But even though we're, it's not that far away. What three hours or three and a half, something like that. Um, even culturally, though, it's 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 very different. And so, um, but. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so we met. Now, they actually have cotton where you live, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So when I was younger, my dad was a farmer. And we had cotton fields and watermelon fields, purple hull peas. We grew a lot of those. I don't think anyone knows what those are around here. Mm-hmm. And we had the purple hull pea festival. 
Um, and so, yeah, I spent most of my summers in the cantaloupe and watermelon fields, picking watermelons, picking cantaloupes, and uh, working well, hard. Well, you've got a second occupation you can fall back on now. Yeah, that's where I first got started in sales because um, my job after picking them, you know, was my dad had a watermelon stand, and it wasn't like a like a little roadside stand. It was a big building. So he would leave me there. So when these peddlers would come by, I was to talk to them and get them loaded up and sell the melons, you know. And so he would cut one open in the morning so everybody could see how ripe these melons were. But throughout the day, I loved watermelon, so I would eat it. And then I'd have to cut (laughs) open another one, and then I would eat that one. And so he'd go, Beth Ann, you're eating all my profit. Quit that. (laughs) But I would live off watermelon. All summer, that's about all I would eat. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Dr. Murray was, he was uh, so good to us, though. I mean, just the grace of God. I mean, I, I didn't deserve that. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't deserve that opportunity or that, um, that blessing, but it was just grace and, I mean, just a, a, a gift and a you know, working of God. And so it's like, I don't know. And, he, and he's done that. It wasn't just that he did that for us. He, he's, he did that for other students as well. And, and so when you see somebody that has that type of personality and just a, a man of God that he was, it's just neat. Uh, and it's I just think neat. it's so amazing that even how similar that is, how different. Because our lives even, Kyle is so much more of a prepared person and things happen early for him, you know. And then he's so great to, to follow through and stay with the plan. And I'm more um, just independent and like you know oh whatever happens today we'll just go with it you know and so even though they were similar opportunities Kyle's happened so young and that was the plan and that's what he followed and walked into I didn't know the plan you know (laughs) I was just walking (laughs) and I knew at 17 I'm like I don't know what's going to happen but I know that's the direction and that's all I knew was I just have to go there and then of course God knew And now, so what time? The, what the goodness uh, what of was God. the time frame when you were in college? What year was that? My first year was in the. I believe. I see. I graduated high school. I think it was the spring of ninety nine, and so I would. My first would have been the fall of nineteen ninety nine. Ninety nine. Yeah, and she didn't come until this year after that. Yeah, I, think. I came in two thousand. Yeah. Although I graduated high school in nineteen ninety nine, also. Because I had went to a community college for that first semester of 99, and then it was, or I'm sorry, actually it was this, it was 2000 that I went to the community college, like that spring semester, and then in the fall of 2000, I went to Oakland City. Now, if we could, let's fast forward to today. It's 2022. It's been a while. (laughs) How long have you guys been married now? How long, Beth? No. I'm going to say. <laughs> It'll be 20 think, years in May sorry. of 23, okay. so 19 years. And tell us a little bit about your life, your occupation, what you're doing for the Lord now, and a little bit about your family, okay? So well, Kyle is a school teacher. Yeah. He teaches uh, freshman English and RTI at Sisney High School. Yep, I'm, yeah, I've been at, uh, at Sisney. It's in the district, I'm going on my eighth year there. And so I've got freshman English, and then, uh, like I said, I'm doing RTI. It's kind of like some homework help. I had had, had coached before. I'm not I'm not coaching anymore. Um, 
And then right now I'm doing a, a part-time interim uh, pastorate uh, at Providence General Baptist Church out by Johnsonville Lake. And so I've been preaching out there uh, two, like two Sundays a month, possibly until the end of the year. I don't know about that. I'm not sure yet because I haven't heard. But so anyway, it's been there's some really good people out there. We've been and then, in ministry almost all of our married life because he accepted the call to pastor in while we were dating which is another part of the story to kind of bring these two together is the so the pastor that baptized me had left our church and then we had a new pastor and I was singing one Sunday and when he was introducing me he said now this girl she's gonna go off and do great things and whatever else you know he said and he goes and she's gonna marry a pastor and I thought He's out of his mind. <laughs> no, I ain't. I'm going to marry a singer, and we're going to travel the world, and we're going to sing together and have our little babies, and they're going to sing. And uh, then Kinda I Kind of like Sound of Music, huh? Yeah. I met Kyle, and he was not called to the ministry at the time that we met. And so I was laying on my bed at home, and we were talking over Christmas break, I think it was, when he told me, you know, I've accepted the call. And I don't, I don't remember how I felt in that moment. <laughs> so now, Kyle, you're you're teaching high school now, high school, and yep. you're you're uh, you're an intern pastor at a little small country church. And what are you doing now, Beth? So I am a financial representative for Country Financial, which is just another word for insurance agent. So I sell insurance and have my own office here in Fairfield, and I've been doing that for eight years. And prior to that, I was actually a cosmetology instructor and a hairstylist. So. Yeah, and we've been involved in vocational full-time ministry, and then we've been involved in part-time ministry, and we've had some time where we weren't doing ministry. And so but got, that has been the cons- – I mean, that has we've, been we've, yeah, we've our been, life. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's been – you know, so much of our life has been now, in the ministry. I and, happen to know ministry, you have so. four beautiful daughters. Yes. Tell us three. a little bit about them. <laughs> three. Three. Oh. three. <laughs> yeah, we – that's not a prophecy that you're speaking <laughs> oh, <no>. over. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> There's not a fourth one in there. <laughs> okay, that was my bad. No, that's okay. Uh, Caitlin is, is 14. She's a freshman in high school. Um, and she is singing now. So see, those desires are coming to fruition. Um, and then Brooklyn is 10, and she is in fifth grade this year out at Jasper. And then Annabeth is three. So quite the... Yeah, we got spread out. Spread out yeah. <laughs> yep. And we're in different schools this year, too. So we got... Yeah, they're, um, Annabeth is in daycare. Brooklyn's at Jasper, Caitlin's at the high school, so three different places. And then I'm at Sisney. And he's so. at Sisney. <laughs> so you're We're spread just out. About got Wayne County covered. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. 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 So when you guys got out of school, you, you got married mm-hmm. and you started pastoring. Where, where'd you, where'd you, where's the first church you pastored? Well, we were married while we were still in school, but um, the first church I actually pastored, I almost took a church. It was in Indiana. I can't remember the name of it right now. And then I didn't end up taking that church. But uh, the first official church we pastored was called Bethlehem General Baptist Church in rural Fort Branch, uh, Indiana. They were really great to us. They lived in the lived in the parsonage there. They had a, a nice church building, but they church had gone through a lot, so there weren't a lot of people there when when we started there. And but uh, so we started there. And then we have also pastored in, well, when I went full-time 
vocationally, we moved to southeast Missouri, and we were in the advanced Missouri area, which is on the other side of Cape Girardeau. And so that was really my first, um, I guess, my first experience with with full time ministry. And you know, we saw a lot of a lot of you know some really really great things, and then we saw some some tough things there too. Kind of learned. Yeah, we got we got uh, I guess experience. <laughs> <laughs> there at the, in that ministry and we were there for three years we were there for three years then we moved to Sedalia, ended up going to Sedalia Missouri and um that was a it was a church of a different denomination it was a larger church and so I went on as a staff member there you know wasn't real sure about about that move but it was where the state fair is is at and so it's in in between um Columbia and Kansas City and then it's not you know it's a little bit north of uh, Springfield Missouri and so, we would um, take the Easter services because the church yeah. was so big that at Easter time, when everybody comes to church, you know, we would have to go off campus and we would take it out to the state fairgrounds yeah. and yeah. have church out there. So yeah. it was, it they was had, a fun experience. They had multi, you know, multiple services, and it would the weekends would kind of wear you out. They would start on Saturday night. I think they had service at five thirty, and then on Sunday morning, and you'd go to all of them. And if you preached, you preached them all, uh, at least at the beginning. And so, so you start out, so you had Saturday night at 5.30, you go Sunday morning, I think it was 8.35, and then you had another service at 9.45, and then you drive to their other location downtown, and you had a service at 10.50, and then eventually, they added another service, it was at 12.30, it was back at the other location, and then for a while, they had a, another campus about 30 minutes to the west, and I wasn't involved in it really, but was out there before and so anyway it it was a lot and it was a it really was an education in itself um i worked with um two other uh, ministers there that were just super smart i learned a lot um some neat people i started learning a lot about the holy spirit i guess there you know i had a neat experience when we lived in, in sedalia there and which was you know very defining uh, very defining for me and then we ended up in st louis area for for a little bit uh, weren't doing ministry and moved back and eventually preached at the Fairfield General Baptist Church for for a little while, and then we had we were not in ministry for a while now, and so I guess we're we're here. So we've bounced around quite a bit, but we've had quite a bit of experience. Like I say, we've we've met some wonderful people, and you know seen some wonderful things and had highs and and lows, and, and uh, God's been good to us. Okay, I've got another question here I'd like to ask you. I'll uh, I ask you first, uh, Beth. What advice would you give a, a young person graduating from high school today? Well, I would say that I would actually say this scripture right here, which is Psalm 37, 3 and 4. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So I would say... Follow God, and if you will just read your Bible, and you will get plugged into a church, a good, healthy church that will teach you the Word and teach you about the Holy Spirit, if you will do that, He will reveal those desires to you, because He puts them in there for you to follow, and that's how He speaks to you, but you won't know that if you're not following Him, and I would just say, stick close to the Lord, because he will direct your path. The Bible tells us that he's a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. And he will tell you what college to go to, what relationships to be in, what opportunities to take. And you won't know those on your own. You might think that you do, but you won't. And if you'll do that, 
you will have a bright future. No matter how big the dream is, he will provide the resources and the people to make that happen. And Kyle, what would your advice be? I think, you know, as a, a scripture in Mark 12, verse 29, says, Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second commandment, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And, you know, in those scriptures there and in those verses, it, it really speaks to, to loving God first, loving other people after that, but, you know, keeping God as the first things, being obedient to the Lord, thinking all things, walking in faith for for kids to stay sexually pure, I think is so important today. It's so, so important always, is always so important. But also, you know, walking grace and fear of the Lord. And when I say fear, I don't mean that we're just always fearful, but knowing that God's God's our creator. He's the one that we follow. He's the one we look to. He's the one, the Lord Jesus, you know, God's the one that, that brings salvation um, because of the blood that was shed. And so it's just so important. Walk in, walk in obedience, walk in, walk in faith, walk in grace. Let God's peace rule our heart and direct our steps. The Word says, your Word's a lamp unto our feet and a light into our path. And so... His way is the best way. And life's short. It seems like when you're younger, it seems like it's gonna, it takes forever. But you, you end up, as you get older, you blink and you just realize that so many things happen so fast. And it's just so important that, that God really is in the forefront of everything we do. Amen. I can testify to that. <laughs> Life is short. Life is but a vapor is what the Bible says. Yeah. Now, what's God got you guys doing right now? Beth, you're singing, uh, you're part of the praise team at Orchardville Church. Really enjoy your music. And uh, uh, what else has God got you guys doing uh, serving him? I mean, you're all about, you're, you're servants. I mean, you, you both have a servant's heart. Mm-hmm. And so talk about your, your ministry right now. I mean, I think that's the main thing. You know, we've held... Um, I guess formal positions well Kyle has held formal positions and then we haven't and so I can't say that we're holding any position right now he's interim pastor um, I am I am singing on the praise team at Orchardville um, Sundays um, are whenever we're there because he is pastoring and and I want to say with that so right now we had gone through a time where we stepped away from it because we had some things we had to deal with in our hearts and in our family and our marriage. And so um, as we kind of stepped back into that role, when Kyle was going to be gone to pastor, I knew right now my to, role to, or to interim pastor to, to preach or to preach. Or yeah. Wherever he he's at, that my role is to follow him and to support him. As his wife, that's my role. No matter if I'm singing or I'm not, I can sing anywhere, right? I can do my ministry anywhere. I don't have to be just at Orchardville or just at where he's preaching. Your ministry is who you are, and you take it and you carry it out. No matter if you're sitting in the congregation or you're up on the stage, that's your ministry at that moment. And I don't have to be on stage to sing. If the team... if the team that I'm not on is up there leading us. I sing in my chair and I worship in my chair because that's my calling. 
And so, um, anyway, that probably doesn't answer your question. But so right now I'm singing there, and then Wednesday nights I've been helping him do the music, and then he's uh, preaching, filling in, and going different places they ask him to. Do you sing when he goes and preaches somewhere else? Usually, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of a given. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I figured, yeah. So. And we've kind of worked together so long now yeah. that he will ask me. Right. You know, sometimes you don't because they already have their schedule and how they want things. But we know what to expect from each other now. And I can kind of read him when he's preaching and different things and I used to be where I would request a song or something, and I've gotten to the place where that didn't always go real well, and you got to trust more of what God's giving her uh, music-wise, and so that goes a whole lot better. But you know, on occasion, like on Wednesday night or something out at Orchardville, um, I may, may sp- you know, speak out there or something, and then um, just you know, filling in a little here and there. Not like I said, I'm preaching out at, at Providence right now, and. There's a lot of things we we strive to do, we strive to go after, but I heard a message one time that was challenging. Um, The pastor's name was Jim Stern. We we were at this church in the St. Louis area. It was called Destiny Church. Very challenging time um, in our lives, challenging time in my life. There was one Sunday that he was preaching, and he said, when you ask the church, what's the number one thing uh, that the church is actually to do? And again, I'd been in ministry, I'd, I'd been on staff at this other church, had a lot of experiences there, and had been to school, um, had a, you know, did the, the school thing, had been to, um, had a religious studies degree, and so you're running, I mean, just running this through your pastoral filter, your pastor filter, your preacher filter, when you listen to other preachers, I mean, you guys have probably done that too, you know, do I agree with what they're saying, do I not agree with what they're saying, I got to think about that, that's, you know, how would I, maybe I wouldn't put it that way, and he said, so what's the number one thing that the church is actually supposed to do? And he said that most churches would say we're supposed to save souls. That's the number one thing. And, and most of us would say, you know, yes, that's right. And he challenged me. He said, because it's not actually not the first thing, because they're talking about what's the first thing you do. Because obviously we're supposed to be about saving souls. I mean, we're about the Great Commission, but he said it's actually the second thing. And again, I, I, you know, it seems like I can almost remember myself running that through my filters. Like, I don't know that I agree with you. And I got to thinking about it and uh, just kind of evaluating things, I guess. What he was pointing to was that first and second commandment of loving God is the first thing. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And because the question comes in, in Mark 12, in verse 28, it says, Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? He says, First. And Jesus answered, uh, it's in verse 29, Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And then verse 31 says, And the second, like it, is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And so when you think about in terms of first and second commandment, you think, well, where's, what's that have to do with ministry? Well, loving God is our, it really is, and that, that relationship we have with him, that is, that is the singular most important thing that we need to be going after. And loving your neighbor is really where ministry comes in. And I found out that it really does make sense that 
that I can't do a good job loving my neighbor when I try to do it first, when I haven't been loving God first. And so that was so transformative for me, I think, in ministry, because I was just seeing, you know, just all the, you know, the striving or, you know, thinking about numbers or even finding, you know, maybe it's church finances or, you know, how can we do this or how can we organize that? And and when you're, you know, just involved in church work, and, and again, it's, you know, so many good things, uh, but we've, you know, seen a lot. And I think, man, that makes so much sense because, you know, it's like the scripture says, unless the Lord builds, you know, builds a house, they labor in vain who build it. And so letting God do the work. And I've used the, I guess, a coffee pot illustration before about, um, you know, you've got that filtering process. And there's some things we don't get to that maybe we would if we're working on, you know, when we're using our own strength. But when we, when we go after the things of God as a first thing and we let him have that filtering process in our life, in our church, in every area. And I don't, obviously, I, I, I miss the mark all the time on this. But it's it was a defining I guess realization for me is that let God work out the filtering process in our life and go after the things of God first, even ministry, even ministry is a second thing, but that we'll do a much better job doing ministry as a second thing when God is the first thing. And that's, that's been very defining for my life and ministry and it made a lot of sense to me. I have those four words on my Sunday school wall. Love God, love people. Yeah. And that gets it right down to where the rubber meets the road, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, you want to be hearing from him. And then when we when you minister, I mean, it just works so much better when we're ministering from a place where we've been with him as of just a place where we're trying to do it ourselves. Right. Amen. And I so. want to encourage anyone that's out there that may be listening to this and they're thinking... I haven't had a formal call on my life. I just got saved yesterday <laughs> or yeah. this morning. But you are called because we're all called, and we are called to love God. And just like Kyle said, when we walk in that, then the doors open, then the opportunities open. And and you may even hear that and go, I don't want any opportunities. <laughs> I just want to figure this thing out. Um, I had a verse pulled up. Um, here while Kyle was saying that, and it's First John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light, so that's the first thing to do. Just walk in the light. I've heard a friend say before he was, he had been on drugs and he had just had a rough life and he didn't have a father figure. And then when he had kids, he thought, I don't know how to do this, but I know that the way my dad did it's not the way to do it. So basically whatever he did, I'm going to do the opposite. <laughs> and so what do we do if we've been in the dark our whole life? We just do different than what we would have done before. So this says, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, then we we have fellowship with one another. So walk in the light, and then you'll have fellowship with other people that are of the light. You'll have fellowship with people that are, are believers. So get with them. And then as the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin, because he has purified us from our sin. And something that Kyle has, has said before in a lot of wisdom, you know, God forgives and forgets. He is just instant. He is just going to change your life immediately, but people take time. And so, and he, he pointed that out to me, people take time. So I just want to encourage anyone that's listening. If you've just got saved and you think I could never undo all the things that I've done. If God has changed your heart, he's going to change your pattern. So don't get discouraged because 
you may go, well, I'm a changed man. I'm a changed woman. Can't you see? No, that they, they can see with your pattern. And so, cause you've been living this way, right? So don't d- get discouraged when they come at you and they want to throw your past in your face. Go, because I'm different, because I'm new in Christ, I'm going to do it different and then do it different again and again and again. And then they'll see that pattern and then that'll bring them in and that will be your ministry. And, and then the word will go forth and lives will be changed and, and won't God be glorified in that? So I hope that's encouraging to someone because I really just felt in my spirit somebody needed to hear that on this You're setting. Right. So And we've had a lot. I mean, we're... we're uh, we're definitely still a work in progress, and I mean God's been so good to us. But I mean we've we've uh, we've been through a lot, but God is uh, God is faithful and He is true, and uh, and so I'm thankful for His mercy and grace. I'm thankful that of how how He saves us. You know, He saves us when He saves us in salvation. But there's also <laughs> there's He it's still it's like that continual thing. He He it's still in that that saving process of. Um, um, whether saving us from ourselves or you know whatever it is, but I mean I've I've messed up, I've sinned a lot. I mean, but but God, you know I'm still a work in progress. You know Beth's still a work in progress. You know our, our marriage it's still a work in progress. Our family's still a work in progress. Our ministry's still a work in progress. Um, but but keeping God, uh, trying to keep God first. And I, again I I don't I get this wrong a whole lot more than I get it right. But keeping God first, I know. I know what the direction is. Um, it was John Luce, Fred and um, and Gary, years ago. There was a Sunday school class I sat in, and I remember there was an illustration on the video that I think John and Dana were leading that class there. And it had a guy that he had a it was like a road sign, and it had a four way directional, like you'd come up here, like one like a green sign or something in town. And it said, if you don't know. Um, if you're having trouble when you come to an intersection, it was like if you don't know which way to go, and because what happened, the road sign had fallen down. It's like the road sign had fallen down. It's like how do I know where to go? The sign has fallen down. Well, in that four-way road sign, if you'll stand the sign up and you'll point the sign from the direction that you knew you came from, it'll set everything else around so you know where you can be going. And so, and we came from God. And our, um, you know, God's the one that's created us, and He is the one we need to give our attention to, and in our in our life to, we need to serve Him and uh, just lean on His grace and His mercy to lead us in this life. And so, loving God is the first thing, and loving our neighbors is the second. That's uh, just such an important thing to remember. Amen. Amen. Man. Yeah. And we've talked uh, a lot about, you know, being saved, and you had talked about some people that just got saved you know how they might be what about those people that aren't saved you know we we don't like to close any program without asking people do you know jesus christ as your personal savior and if they don't then we need to be able to tell them what they have to do and we always like to put a sinner's prayer on every program that we do yeah because i get calls from people all over the country all the time that say I prayed that prayer with you on that CD Amen. or on that program, and I give my heart to, to the Lord. And now what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> and so we get to we get to mentor people from all over the country with our programs and our Bibles and our, our uh, devotions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you know, and we encourage each and every one of them to get inside of a good 
Bible-based church. Yeah. So it's so important. There's people out there right now that don't know Jesus, mm-hmm. and they're listening to you guys. So what would you tell somebody right now if they was just saying, I don't know what to do? Would you lead me in a sinner's prayer? If you're listening to this and you have not accepted the Lord as your personal Lord and Savior, if you've gotten, or if you've gotten away um, from following God, in, in John 3.16, it's, it's a scripture that is so common, but I think it's so common that we've probably gotten away from even knowing what it says. But um, John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And if you look in that, there's a motivation, the motivation of God coming and doing what he did was love, that he wants to restore your life, he wants to save your life. It is because of the blood of Jesus that was shed um, so many years ago, and so many years ago, it's, it's fresh. What he did was fresh, and it's fresh for you right now, that the blood was shed, his body was given, that in you, that you can, you can come to the Lord and cry out in your need for God. And you can say, uh, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name, and God, I, I come to you, and I know I'm a sinner, and I know I need a Savior. And I know my life's messed up without you. And so, Lord God, I... I ask you to forgive me of my sin, forgive me of all evil in my life, forgive me of every wrongdoing, and God, I ask forgiveness and I receive forgiveness right now where I'm at. I receive you. I receive your free gift of salvation, and I receive it, and I come to you in faith. And God, I ask right now that um, walk with me. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your salvation. I receive your newness. I receive your restoration. And I ask, uh, Lord, that, that you would lead me in, in every way and that you give me the strength and the courage and the wisdom to follow after you all the days of my life. And the God, that you would fill me up with your Holy Spirit into overflowing. That I would follow you um, with each day. That your words a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. And I can look to you and have trust and faith and know that you'll take care of me and you'll show me the way. And so I thank you for your salvation this day. Um, God, I thank you for the assurance that you'll give me right now through the Holy Spirit. And I thank you uh, for your word. Help me to uh, learn your word. Teach me your ways, oh God. And I thank you and I trust you now. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Because of the power of the blood that was shed at Calvary. And because of the power of the resurrection in Jesus' name. Amen. And I would just add to that and say let peace guide you because... You know, you've just been living in stress and frustration and chaos for so long that it's time to bring some peace to that. And I've tried many things in my own strength to bring order and peace in my life. But that surrendering and that just that surrendering of of your pride, which can be really tricky because you might think that it's insecurity but it's pride that's masked in insecurity. Um, I would just say let that down because that's not getting you anywhere. It's just making you more frustrated and more stressed out. So let peace, after you've prayed that prayer, 
let that peace guide you and lead you. And you will walk a blessed life when you do that. But always let peace direct you. There was um, There's a song, it's called Come and Tear Down the Walls by David and Nicole Binion. And it just says, come and tear down the walls I've built up, every wall I've built up. Because you deserve every piece of my heart. And then it goes on to say, Lord, I am trusting that you are a faithful father in all that you have is good. You're a generous giver and your love's like no other. Won't you come and break through to me? And then it goes on to say over and over and over again, I'm bringing my heart to you. Just bring it again, bring it again. Cause you're going to, you're going to pray that prayer. You're going to want to revert to old habits. So just lay it down again. And just keep doing it. And don't get discouraged because that's why you need a Savior. (laughs) That's why you need him because you can't do it on your own. Amen. And it's so important to, to, you know, if you prayed that prayer and if you you really gave your heart to the Lord, I mean, let Gary know about that. Let Fred know about that or contact him. But it's so important to to follow up and and to find a a good church to be involved in uh, when you can. It's so important, a good Bible-believing church, and then let them lead you in that discipleship process. You know, and and uh, no, don't do it on your own. I mean, follow after the Lord and baptism, and just you know, and and follow after the Lord and and all the ways of discipleship, and get involved in in the church, and just uh, just follow God. And so, just know that God loves you, and He wants great things. Um, just wants so many good things for you. And so, um, just thank you for for listening uh, today. And we can help you uh, find a church because we have a network all across the United States. Amen. We've got uh, people that are part of this ministry all over the country. And so you you give us a call and let us know where you live, and we will do our very best to try to plant you in, in a great Bible-believing church with uh, brothers and sisters that love Christ just like you do. So yeah, amen. Give us a call. Give us a call at 618-383-2107. And we'd love to send you some materials to help you along the way on your journey. So, and if you'd like to talk to uh, uh, Beth, she would love to talk to you. She'd love to pray with you. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Beth, what's your phone number? Give them your phone number. All right. So it's uh, 618-572-0280. All right. And uh, Kyle, you, you'd love to talk with somebody and pray with somebody. So there might even be a, a church out there listening that might want to invite you guys to come and, and minister in their church. Mm-hmm. So give them your, your phone number. Uh, my phone number is 618-572-0281. So don't be afraid to give us a call because we love God first, but second, we love you. Amen. Amen. Come and tear down the walls I built up, every wall I built up, every wall I built up. Cause you deserve every piece of my heart, every piece of my heart, every piece of my heart. And Lord, I am trusting that you are a faithful father and all that you have, it is good. 
You're a generous giver. Your love's like no other. Won't you come and break through to me over and over and over again? I am bringing my heart to you with open hands. Closer and closer, you're drawing me in as the depths of my heart lay before you again. So come and tear down the walls I built up, every wall I built up, every wall I built up. Cause you deserve every piece of my heart, every piece of my heart, every piece of my heart. I've carried a burden.
crossroads of life Lost without hope Eighteen wheels of lonesome At the end of the road In my hand was a track The preacher had read His words still echoing Hey drivers, we appreciate you letting us ride along with you in the cab. And you can contact us at 618-383-2107 or you can log on to our website at lonesomeroad.org and check us out on the web. You can listen to all of our radio programs on our website on our broadcast from the past page. So check it out. And if you ask Jesus Christ into your heart, then give us a call and let us know. Broken hearted and lonesome, so long I've been lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree.